This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we have packed a few different shows together that we call Highlights to help you to get the most bang for your time and educating you on the topics that you want to learn from. We would love to hear from you. I am grateful that you are with us today. Have a blessed day. Our guest is Sam Bates. Thanks for being on the show, Sam. Thanks for having me, Whitney. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and it's an honor to be here. I'm honored that you you listen and, and Sam and I were discussing, he was telling me he's listening to most episodes and I'm grateful for him and for all the listeners who are listening. And Sam is the co-founder and partner of Trinity Capital Group that is based in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In three years, Trinity has syndicated or joint ventured nine commercial real estate projects that include apartment acquisitions, development, and an RV park. That's that's impressive. That's, by the way, congratulations to you all. So Sam has been directly involved in the acquisitions, development, and rehabilitation disposition and asset management of over $55 million in real estate since 2009. Sam has bachelor's in finance, a master's in personal financial planning, and an MBA. He is an avid reader, sports fan, and Christian that strives to create value for his investors, tenants, and the cities he conducts business in. Sam, you know, thanks again for for being on the show. Tell the listeners a little more about who you are, what your focus is right now, uh, what you're involved with, and, and we'll dive in. Yes, definitely, Whitney. Like you said, I have a background in finance and then I got an MBA and I initially got a consulting job after I graduated with my MBA, the stock market. I planned on going and being a financial advisor. And after the stock market crashed, I just couldn't trust it. So I started working at a consulting firm. I didn't really enjoy the job and I know it wasn't long term. And I'd always been interested in real estate and that initial interest just got me started to invest in 2009, 2010, and it just catapulted me into training capital. Right now, we're working on two developments. One's a 252-unit, another's a 48-unit, and then we're about to get another acquisition, which is 137 units under contract. Wow. Okay. A lot to talk about. So awesome. So, you know, tell me a little bit about your all's company, because it sounds like, you know, you all are acquiring multifamily and then you're also developing. Is that ground up? Yes, it's ground up. Initially, me and one of my partners, we started looking to buy multifamily back in 2014 or 15. We had worked together at the same consulting firm. So we had the same values, morals, work ethic, and we felt like it was a good partnership. And we kept getting beat out or brokers were telling us we didn't have any credibility because we hadn't closed the deal. So after we kept banging our head against the wall and it seemed like we were just repeating the definition of insanity, Michael, who's the second partner, he knows Daniel through his church. And Daniel has been a home builder and developer for 15, 20 years. And we decided to do ground up development. If we couldn't actually buy an acquisition, we'd create one. And we, it was actually a mixed use development. Daniel had already had the land that he was going to build a 10,000 square foot retail space for Keller Williams and Jim, anytime fitness franchise. And then he had a lot of land on the back side of it that he didn't know exactly what he was going to do. And we said we could structure the deal, the company, raise funds. And that's kind of just where it started. Okay. So, you know, 252 unit development, I guess let's talk about, can we talk about that deal, Sam? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so where's that at? That's in Weatherford, Texas, which is about 20 minutes west of Fort Worth. 
Okay. Okay. And so, you know, I guess give us some details about that, about that property, maybe the tops of unit, top of the area, whatever else you can, and we'll go from there. The the area itself is a small community. It's probably about 30,000 people. And it's in Parker County, which is the worst capital of the world. So it's kind of on the edge of large cities and it has that country feel. So we started doing some research. We found land and we had been through the development process before with a Kerrville development and a couple others. So we had a third party market study done to see if the demand was there. And it came back and showed that there's massive demand. And we thought that there would be just knowing the demographics of the area. So it's going to be a class A property that's going to have one, two, and three bedrooms. There's not as many three bedrooms. It's more heavily one and two bedrooms just to match the tenant profile of the other complexes. But it's right around the high school and probably less than a mile from elementary and junior high. So it's in a perfect location right off the interstate. And we we went through the long process. We went almost down the route of HUD financing just because there's so many benefits to getting a HUD loan. And we were approved, but they gave us 13 contingencies. And after they gave us those contingencies, we felt like it'd be better for us and for the investors just to go down the traditional construction route. So we after we got that approved, now we're just going through zoning and dealing with the city. And as of today, we're having our last zoning meeting. So it should be approved and we get the permits and we can start breaking ground in the next week or two. Nice. That's exciting. That's, you know, and I guess, you know, it's a big decision seems like to me, like say, okay, we're going to go do some ground up development. If I'm used to, you know, just purchasing multifamily, say some type of value add class B and C. So fill us in a little bit on like just that decision to say, okay, maybe we don't have much deal flow that's, that's worth looking at anyway, and just multifamily. And so we're just going to go start our own development. And so, you know, how did you make that decision? Say, okay, we're going to go do this and start development as well. Well, that's basically where the company started was as a development company. And I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. Luckily, I was surrounded myself with a couple of partners that have expertise in areas I don't. And they have very, or their skills are very complementary to mine. And with one of my partners, he has 15, 20 years of development experience. So we felt very comfortable moving in that route. And we've already done... We did a 60-unit development. We did a 48-unit development. We've done a 200-acre lot development. So development's very familiar with us, and we like going and be able to create value and create opportunity for tenants, investors, and even the city that might not be there. And actually, we're fortunate because after our project was initially approved with the city, they put a moratorium on multifamily developments. So will be one of the last developments in that city for for the foreseeable future. So, so we should do very well. Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Tell us some things about development that I, I wouldn't even know to ask you. You know, it's not my space. You know, like get us started and like thinking through, is this something we want to pursue? Maybe some reasons why we should. And then let's maybe some of the due diligence that's, you know, obviously different than if you're buying a Class C property. I think some of the reasons why is it's just taking an idea and if if you have an idea or if you know where land is and seeing it from the 
starting point to the end, it can be very rewarding. Like I mentioned, it, we like to add value to all, all the people that we're associated with and our stakeholders. But it's also beneficial and we're being able to develop Class A properties for 80, 90, 100,000, depending on the land cost and our finish out. And in DFW and a lot of areas throughout Texas and the nation, a lot of C-class properties are at that or above. So we feel like we're getting a brand new asset that will have minimal maintenance for 8, 10, 15 years compared to a C-class property that you're having to put a lot of CapEx in on a continual basis or just having older systems, older units. There's just, it's not as energy efficient either as new developments. But there's a lot of things to consider when developing. The biggest thing is time and getting through the zoning process. Every development we've done, we've had just lots of issues with zoning, just the city. If you've ever worked with city government, you know that it takes a while to do a lot of things for the city. So the timeline always is longer than what we expect. Another thing that's happened in the past is trying to get easements to different property and landowners. And that can be stressful because they can either approve it or not approve it. And if you can't get water through their land, then the development's kind of out of luck. So you're done. Yeah, exactly. And that's if it's out of the county and the city is a lot more controlled. Tell us about how a deal like this would be structured. I assume it's going to be very different than, you know, your normal multifamily class C purchase. Yes. We structure it with a 60, 40 split and we don't do a pref just because you don't see receiving cash flow for possibly two years or even a little bit longer, depending on how long the development takes. And then the lease up is usually six, nine, 12 months, depending on how big the development is. So it's hard to put a pref on it. And then we always invest a significant portion of the capital up front. And we feel like we're taking on a larger risk than a lot of the investors. So that's why the split 60, 40. And then Daniel, who's one of my partners, he actually has his own custom home business. So he structures it where he gives us a fixed price for the contract. And if he is over or under, he benefits or has to eat that cost. So the investors, they're never in jeopardy of having to bring more money. It would always fall back on Daniel and his company. So that might be a little bit different than how a lot of developers have structured it, but we've just felt safe that way to pitch it to investors since we started raising capital. And what's the hold time on, on like a development like this? Since they are brand new, we like to have longer hold times. We project eight to 10 years. Obviously, that's going to change a lot with market dynamics. And if we get an offer, like we received an offer on the commercial development we did in probably month eight or nine that exceeded the returns we projected in year five. So we held it. Well, we went through due diligence and kept it and held it for one year and one day. So we got the long-term capital gains and sold it. And investors were ecstatic. We returned a 41% IRR. So it definitely changes but we'd like to hold long term. Alan, welcome to the show. You know, you are an expert in an asset class that seems to be becoming more popular lately anyway, or seems like I'm hearing more about it. And maybe not the asset class specifically, but ground up uh, to be specific, you know, in ground up development. And so I'm uh, looking forward to hearing 
just your story and getting into ground up and, and what that looks like for you, challenges you all have faced. I know there's many listeners and investors who are trying to do the same thing and want to learn from you as well. So welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about you know who you are, you know, and then let's dive into ground up development. Absolutely. Well, Whitney, thanks for having me on the show. And, and I didn't share this with you before we, we jumped on. But when I started my journey about four years ago, your show was actually one of the first syndication and, and real estate shows I, I started listening to. So really appreciate what you're doing here. And, and I'm excited to be a part of it now. And, and I hope through what I can share a little bit today, people can get a chance to, to get to know me and, and that I can bring some value in that space. So a um, little background on me, just quick high level, because I know there's more interesting things to talk about, like the real estate. I actually have a background in nursing. I have a bachelor's in nursing. And I started getting into real estate about four years ago. And through some stuff that, that I went through and the transitional process, it took time to transition out. But I've been full-time real estate about two and a half years now. And what it ultimately came down to is that I wanted to take control of my life and my future. And when you're working for someone else, you just, you can't, you don't, there's so many things out of your control. And even in real estate, we all know that there's, there's plenty of stuff out of our control, but there's a lot more that we can control. And ultimately I just wanted extreme ownership for, for my future. If, if things weren't going as planned, I got no one else to blame, but myself. And it's proven to, to have been working out well for us so far. So I appreciate you sharing that. You know, even coming from, you know, a career path like nursing or something that, you know, you didn't just decide one day to go become a nurse and all of a sudden you got hired to be a nurse, right? I mean, it took some, a lot of work, right? To make that happen and dedication to get in that position. And so, you know, I love hearing stories of people who it's like, you know, this was a big decision, right? It was a big decision to leave that, to go full time. Uh, and even, you know, you're elaborating on, on why and, you know, you want to control over your life and future and extreme ownership. I love that as well, because I, I, I feel like I thrive the best in that type of scenario. I want it to depend on me because then I'm like, okay, I can do this, right? I'm not waiting on someone else. I can go figure it out, right? I will. I'll find somebody if I don't know how, right? So I love that thought process of just taking extreme ownership. So just appreciate you elaborating on that. So why ground up though? And maybe you can speak to getting into real estate. Was that the first thing you did? And talk about that transition a little bit. Absolutely. Not not the first thing we did. And I, I don't think most people consider ground up to be the, the entry point in. So my first real estate investment was a fourplex. After reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as I started my journey, like most people, that lit the real estate bug. And two weeks later, after reading that book, we bought our first fourplex without any of our own money. And then a couple months later, we bought a second one. And I started recognizing this was it. That's what, what I was looking for. The future I wanted to create was, was within real estate. And then I attended a syndication conference out in Texas, never heard of the word. I always thought it was one really rich guy that bought these large apartment complexes, which is probably the case in, in some cases, but came to realize that majority of these purchases are done through partnerships through people like you and I, Whitney, that combine our resources and our networks, we together take something down much larger than we could on our own. And that excited me. And that, so I, I stopped buying small multifamily and started pursuing my course on the educational path because I didn't know anything about syndication. And looking back, 
I didn't know anything buying those fourplexes either. I just knew I wanted them. And, and I learned a lot. I learned by doing, and as, as I think most people do, I just tend to jump in easier. I feel like than than a lot of people, they, it's easy to get caught in this analysis paralysis, especially when you're new to the space. Right. Started going down that path of, of education and naturally it's, it's value add education. All these conferences, most of them that you go to, it's, Hey, here's a property. Here's how you underwrite it. Here's how you raise capital, go in and get it. Right. So we started looking for a lot of those deals and it's become saturated. The value add market is just ridiculous right now. And so it's, it's been really competitive and being new to real estate and being younger, it's, it's difficult to gain some of that traction. So my partner and I at the time just started thinking about, okay, where do we want to be in five years? What, what was the whole reason we got into this? Where did we, where do we want to be? And we always were interested in ground up development. We liked the idea of taking dirt and creating something new. And I think part of that goes back to that, that extreme ownership that I talked about. Like for me, I, I know I would take more satisfaction in taking dirt than creating this project or this product. And I understand there's a lot more work, a lot more steps involved. And I think that's why a lot of people shy away from it. But anyways, when we had this conversation, we're like, okay, where do we want to be five years from now? And we just envisioned ourselves doing ground up development. And this was after we felt like we were swimming upstream. We couldn't gain the traction that we were looking for in the value add space. And, and I see everyone in my network, they're buying a property here, buying a property there. And you start getting this negative self-talk and this negative feeling. And, and it really messes with your mindset a little bit, especially when you want it so bad. So we had the conversation. We said, hey, look, five years from now, if we want to get in ground up development, the idea was to do some value add syndication, gain some experience, and then transition over. And when we talked about it, we're like, okay, well, if we went that route five years from now, we're still going to need to learn ground up development. Like, yes, we'll have some experience. But at that point, our investors are going to know us as value add investors. So if all of a sudden we transition to to ground up development, I might be like, whoa, why the change? What's going on? And we understood that there was going to be a learning curve. So after talking through that and thinking about it, we're like, okay, well, what if we just started today? Because whether we start today or in five years, there's going to be a learning curve. But if we started today and development is ultimately where we want to be, are we going to be much further ahead in development five years from now if we start today rather than waiting? And we, we felt like the answer to that was yes. So we just pivoted a few degrees and still looked at multifamily. And within a few weeks, we, we found this project that had been sitting on the market for over a year. And it was a smaller deal. It was eight units. But next to it, there was an acre of land that was already zoned multifamily. And we're like, this is it. This is the perfect entry point to get in because these eight units will cover the cost of the land. We're new. So the, the risk of getting in seemed very low to us. Because worst case scenario, we just cash flow eight units and we turn around and sell it in a year, whatever the case may be. So I called up the, the agent and we went down there a couple of days later to just walk the exterior of the property. And, and we looked at this one acre land and figured out what how many units we could build on it. And as we're sitting there talking, he casually mentioned that same seller owned two and a half acres of commercial land adjacent to this property 
just on the other side of it. And this commercial property was right on the main highway cutting through this smaller town in Arizona. So a lot of exposure, a lot of traffic. And so I asked, well, is the seller interested in selling that as well? Cause it wasn't listed or marketed. And he's like, I, I think he would be. So we negotiated a deal and we bought the eight units and in total about three and a half acres. And so what we decided that commercial lot, we didn't want to rezone it. It was in a good spot. And we had one of our partners is in self-storage. So we're like, this is a perfect self-storage property. And so we split it in two. We started going after the multifamily development experience and then also the self-storage development experience. And that's kind of how we got into our first deal. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 